This is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Good evening. Nice to be here. You can get in touch with me on 416-872-1010. You can text the show at any point on 71010. I'm here for about an hour. My name is Vinnie White. Patrick is the producer. We will be doing stuff and things. It's a news and views stroganoff with hunks of news, a rich opinion source, and, and a little dash of comedy spice. Um, pleasure to be here. I went to Scarborough this week for a, a fairly boring meeting, really. I won't bore you with the details because it's a bit dull. But I um, I decided to... I live downtown because I'm a groovy hipster type dude. And I decided to get there on the subway with my bike on the subway. And then to get back, I uh, I rode all the way, which is quite a long way. It's about... Well, Google said it was an hour and a half, but... Uh, I've got a beer belly, so you have to add about 20%. It took nearly two hours. So um, it was good. And um, it was finally, it's beautiful weather here. Absolutely gorgeous today, particularly. Absolutely wonderful. It's just like a huge breath of fresh air. Suddenly makes you think, oh, yeah, I, I do live here for a reason. Sometimes I forget. Um, but it was gorgeous this week, so I rode all the way back from Scarborough. Old Googly Poos was very helpful on my phone. It took me down a place called Trailer Creek Trail, um, which then meets up with the DVP trail. Now, most drivers here, of course, will be acknowledged the Don Valley parking lot as the main artery that takes you from the uh, lakeshore up to the, the big fat highway. And um, it's not particularly gorgeous. But actually, what I didn't know is there's a lovely little cycle track that runs along next to it. It's a bit loud at points for obvious reasons, but it's pretty good. And the Trailer Creek Trail that takes you to that track is absolutely gorgeous. So if you uh, if you found a new find, found fitness and you fancy getting out on your bicycle, then I very much advise the Trailer Creek Trail. I was riding along and I saw a sign that said, Bicycles keep right to use bridge, creek ahead. Now, as a rebel, an anarchist, a crazy unstoppable force in the world, I looked at that sign and I said, <laughs> whatever. And I put my legs up as I went through the creek on my bicycle with a, a giggle and glee of a small child. And so I carried on riding and then I saw another sign and it said, Bicycles keep right to use bridge, creek ahead. I've been there, done that, I thought. So with uh, speed and exuberance, I propelled myself through the small creek and I let out a small giggle once again. I saw another sign. Bicycles keep right to use Bridge Creek ahead. Whatever. You can shove it up your hoo-ha, I thought. I'm going to go my way. Because this is my highway. Yeah. Now, this time I thought, I'm going to take it all in and go slowly through the creek on my mountain bike and enjoy the vistas as I look down the valley at the beautiful mallards. And it was at that point... I suddenly realised that I'd lost my bicycle and I was lying in a creek with jeans on um, and a bag with a laptop in it. $2,000, so that's good. I uh, also had a, a phone in my pocket. Obviously, I went down on that side, so only an iPhone, only an iPhone and a laptop and me lying in a creek with a pair of jeans on. So... Um, I, I looked down the creek for my bike, which at this point was about three or four metres away. Apparently it slipped out under me. Not sure when it happened. 
But I was uh, delighted to look up and see two sexually attractive women laughing at me. So that was good. Because I needed that. I needed that. And then they did that thing, which I knew they'd do. And they went, oh, my God, are you all right? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say I planned it. But, yes, I'm fine, thank you. So then I had to take all my clothes off. Well, I had no choice, right? And then I got arrested. No, uh, then I had to take all my clothes off, with the exception of my jeans. I mean, you can go so far. Um, and dry them out on the on the creek bank. And um, I think those two girls laughed for about an hour as they went off onto the horizon. So, cheers for that. Yeah. And then um, I got back into town. I had, like, really wet jeans. It's really hard to ride a bike in wet jeans. It's not, you know... When you see the Tour de France, they don't tend to wear jeans, do they? Probably the Canadians. Um... And so, yeah, I, I got back into town. I, I admit I wasn't riding at my best, but I didn't do anything wrong. And I got cut up by a taxi, like, really badly. Totally his fault. He pulled out in front of me. And then um, I had to swerve, which meant that I had to go into the middle of the road. And I, so I'm riding along ne- next to him. I just look in his window. I, didn't, I don't want to be confrontational, but I did want him to know that I was there. And he nearly hit me. And he goes, uh, you shouldn't ride in the middle of the road. Right. Cheers, mate. So I came up with a new policy, which I've exercised since. Um, I have a new policy, and this is, I should warn you, taxi drivers, this is what I'm doing. Every time you cut me up on my bicycle in your taxi, I am going to get an Uber that night. So tit for tat campaign, and uh, it's going well so far. So I Ubered for the first time as a result, which is a bit sad, really, because I appreciate there's a lot of taxi drivers that are good drivers, about four of them, I think, and... Um, and they're being affected by their colleagues that can't drive and are irrational and uh, aggressive. But, you know, it's a tough gig, lads. That's all I can say. Um, how are you, Pat? You look uh, you look as if you're not enjoying the show as much as your usual self. Is there something taking you away? No, just working a little bit. Working? What on earth is that? What sort of thing are you doing? Cutting up things? Yes. Work you... for you. It is for me, is it? You're not, like, you know, moonlighting. No. Because you could do some audio editing on the side. I do tend to bang on. That anecdote that I just did could have been cut down to a minute, let's be honest. For sure. Not, not many people <laughs> want their, their talk edited, though. <laughs> that's true. Um, so that's that. What's going on? Well, this is the week, wasn't it? Let's have a quick look at the news. This is the week the Canadian Prime Minister, Justin... Oh, my God, isn't he a hottie? Trudeau uh, was accused of manhandling opposition wit Gord Brown and elbowing NDP MP Ruth Ellen... Brosso, uh, in the House of Commons, uh, the woman who was elbowed said she was overwhelmed. Uh, the PM, of course, apologised. Uh, it went something like this. I was elbowed in the chest by the Prime Minister, um, and then I had to leave. It was very overwhelming, um, and so I, I left the chamber to go and sit into the lobby. I missed the vote because of this. Um, I just wanted to clarify and make sure it's clear to all the members in the House that that did happen. Um, thank you. The Right Honourable Prime Minister. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, I want to uh, take the opportunity uh, now that the uh, member uh, has, uh, is, uh, is okay to return to the House right now uh, to be able to express directly to her uh, my apologies uh, for my behaviour and my actions unreservedly. 
Some aren't satisfied. So I will move that the matter of the physical molestation of the member for Birchie Maskinage be referred to the Standing Committee on Procedure and House Affairs. That was uh, Ruth Ellen Brosseau, who's a, a, an NDP MP, who was elbowed. Let's be completely frank about this. Accidentally, OK? It was not a big deal. Yeah, it was a bit inappropriate, but he apologised. So and then you heard Trudeau's apology, one of about four apologies that he did, all sort of like slightly more um, trepid than the last, really. And then at the end of it, you heard Peter Van Loan, who's a Conservative. Peter Van Loan a man whose name is built around borrowing money to buy a delivery vehicle. And he said the matter should be referred to the Standing Committee on Procedure and House Affairs, who I suppose would spend a few thousand dollars of taxpayers' money finding out that we, uh, well, pretty much exactly what we already knew, which was that it was a foolish incident and a silly accident and no long-term repercussions should come about this. Presumably she went to the same drama school as most British soccer players. Uh, Peter Van Loan called it physical molestation there. Physical molestation. So I looked up molest, and it is... Um, that's not what you think it was, by the way. The microphone collapsed. I assure you, I'm, everything's fine down there. It does sound a bit suspicious, though, doesn't it? Anyway, I looked up um, molestation to molest. Dictionary definition, to harm someone through sexual contact. To touch someone in a sexual improper way. Pretty amazing to molest someone who you didn't know was there. Molest. That means I molested about three women on the streets of Toronto this week as I accidentally knocked into them. And uh, come to the matter, actually, I, also I was molested by about three or four people. Uh, one of them was a woman on a, a bike in a park today who accidentally molested me. Sorry, rubbed past me. Uh, so terribly confusing. I can only hope that with years of extensive physical rehabilitation and round-the-clock round uh, counselling, from teams of Swedish psychiatrists that the NDP MP Ruth Ellen Brasseau can somehow overcome this incredibly traumatic experience. Uh, I assume the x-rays have now been done. I suggest uh, she apply for post-traumatic stress payments. Uh, also, she'll need a mobility scooter and a series of mineral baths. Unfortunately, the only place to get those mineral baths, of course, with the correct mineral content is Iceland. So we should probably fly her out there. The hot baths of Iceland is where she must stay until she's well from that terrible physical injury that she suffered. Unfortunately, the phone coverage is terrible there, so we, we may never hear from her again, which would be, of course, tragic. Uh, now, Jean Cretin once uh, lost his temper and grabbed a protester by the throat, something that <laughs> almost certainly would not would have landed a non-prime minister before a judge, but uh, that happened. In Britain, I remember when I was living there, there was a big fat bloke who was the deputy prime minister called um, John Prescott. Looks a bit like a bulldog. Uh, they called him Two Jags because he had two Jaguars. Not cats, that would be mental. Cars, which is environmentally good uh, to be uh, influencing all your, all your uh, minions by driving two cars around. Anyway, John Prescott was a big guy. And I remember there was a protest in the... It was probably about 2000, something like that. And um, someone threw an egg at him. And with lightning reactions, he punched them in the face. So all I'm saying is it could be worse if you know what I mean. And if you think that's bad, you should see what happens in Greece. A Greek politician is wanted by police for his unruly behaviour on live TV. Participants in this morning talk show on TV station Antenna were in a heated debate that descended into chaos. Elia Kasadidi, a spokesman for Greece's far-right party Golden Dawn, not only tossed out verbal barbs, but then throws a glass of water at a female leftist politician. 
He gets swatted by a newspaper and then stands up and calls the other female leader a commie and hits her hard in the face. And this is all while live on TV. Police have been told to track Casaviti down and arrest him for attempting to inflict dangerous bodily harm. It carries a sentence of up to 10 years in jail. The sentence, however, can be turned into a fine. Yeah, so, you know, it could be worse. Already, I, I love that I get abused for this already. You hypocrite, you would have been all over this if Stephen Harper had done it. No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. No, I'm not. I don't confuse the policies of leaders with the actions of them accidentally. I do think it was stupid. Absolutely. I, don't, I think he absolutely should have apologised. He shouldn't have left his seat, and he knows it. And the wife is going to give him absolute hell for this, as uh, she should. And I'm sure he's given himself hell for this. But, yeah, I, if Stephen Harper had done this, I would have had exactly the same reaction. It doesn't make any difference to me who does it. The fact is, it's a storm in a teacup, and I think we most of us agree with that. Uh, someone else said, a bunch of drama queens in the House of Commons this week, reminders of a BBC comedy. I don't know which one. <laughs> Probably um, the thick of it, I should imagine. Uh, but, yeah, I like your text. Uh, someone else said, I hope you put your wet phone in a bag of rice. Don't take it apart. Leave it intact, and the rice will take out all the moisture. Actually, amazingly, I didn't have to. I, uh, through sheer luck, somehow it didn't get wet. I'm just still not quite sure how, because it was submerged, but somehow I got away with it. Anyway, um, let's take a few calls. Diane in Toronto. Good evening, my dear. How can I help you? Interesting story for you. Hit me. I'm in Parkdale. Oh, yeah. Good, good old Parkdale, right? Mm, I used to live there. It's not too bad. I know. Um, I had a knock last Friday on my door. Mm. Official knock. You know what I mean? Like, I thought I looked up my people. It looked like he was from the SIU, Special Investigating Unit or something, right? Or whatever, right? Oh, yeah. uh, black vest on, you know, bulletproof, two big pockets and all dressed in black. Mm. So I said, well, I better open my door. What the hell is going on now, right? Mm, I suppose so, unless he had a gun. Then I'd probably leave it shut. No, but... he didn't have a gun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if he had a gun anyway. I'm going to open my door. That's the spirit. You are a true park dealer. Yeah, okay, so what happened next? So he comes in, and I have a chihuahua, and she's part Pomeranian. And she's pretty feisty, man. She's, like, very protective of me, even though she's a little dog, right? Mm-hmm. So she's running around, around, you know, doing the whole thing, right? Beautiful. And he said to me, I came to pick up a dead dog, but I think I'm, this is a waste of my time. That dog's not dead. Uh, to make a long story short, okay? Mm. Please uh, do, because this has already friends, taken a right? bit longer, and I go on enough as it is. Come on, then, what's the story? Well, who was he? He was from the uh, SPCA, uh, you know, the investigators that they send out if you're cruel to your animals. Oh, yeah. Why did he think your dog was dead? Uh, because two people in Parkdale have nothing better. They don't have lives. Uh, my dog went into heat, and she had a false pregnancy. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't had one personally, but I should imagine it's not it's incredibly <laughs> lovely. Um, okay, and so I still don't quite understand why they thought now, that your little dog I just was dead. to make a point. People don't waste time, you know. Like, that officer came all the way from Newmarket, right? And he was like, they wasted my time. If they ever call here again, they're both going to be charged, right, for nuisance. When right? you take your dog for a walk, do you put it on a skateboard and wheel it along with a very serious look on its face? 
No, she's got a stroller. She's got arthritis in one leg. She's a rescue dog. She had a broken leg, man. Mm. She's like Princess Parkdale. She she does exist. She's not, you know, uh, full of feathers. You didn't buy her from a, a fate or anything. No, 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 no. Okay, I'm just, just trying to see where the confusion happened. But there you go. Perhaps we'll never know. I read it, rescued her out of the basement. Yeah. Um, in a, uh, on the bridal path. They didn't want her. You are very lovely, and I'm going to let you slip away, unlike your dog, and uh, I won't. And uh, it's been charming speaking to you. Take care. It was, it was, let's just be honest, it was going on a bit, wasn't it? It's not our fault. I mean, it is, but, you know, she was still lovely. Uh, listen, I do it as well. Let's take a break. We'll all come back fully recharged, and we'll do some lovely stuff. Hmm? Some quality radio. Not like the old tat you've been listening to. You're tuned in to The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Oh, it's so nice today, wasn't it? 28 degrees. Remember last week when it was uh, snowing? Do you remember that? It was a week ago. I know. I, d- I don't even know. I don't, I don't have words. Oh, it's just great. I feel like um, it's a very dark way of putting it, and perhaps not the best way I could put it, but I feel like a drug user and the sun is a drip and now I'm on it and everything's all right again. I know that's a terribly sadistic thing to say, but I, I honestly feel that passionate about sun. I was getting a bit... <sighs> What's the point? And then today, sexy people everywhere. I went and uh, had a couple of beers in the park. Shoot me! Technically, that's illegal in Canada. Can you believe that? And America. And by the way, everyone that's like, well, isn't it in, in Europe? No. Of course you can have a beer in a park. What, the, what earth kind of civilization do we live in where you can't legally have a beer or a glass of wine in a park? Absolute ludicrous. I'd happily break that law and I'd happily pay the fine. Actually, I wouldn't. I'd reluctantly pay the fine. I'd probably take it to the Court of Human Rights, actually. And uh, immediately get kicked out and be broken, live homelessly. Ironically, drinking in a park. But there you go. Such is life. Anyway, good day today. Took a little drive as well. Went down the Gardner Expressway and uh, I saw this sign that everyone's talking about. You might know about this. The Gardner Expressway in Toronto is an elevated highway that runs above another road, positioned just close enough to the lakeshore to completely and utterly ruin it in every possible way. Well done there. In their defence, it was supposed to last about 20 years, and uh, it's I think it's propped up with bamboo now. It certainly looks like it, anyway. Uh, but the Gardner Expressway is uh, as running a campaign. There's a big billboard there, and it appears to be urging drivers to engage in the dangerous acts of, of texting and driving uh, in a bid to drum up some business for a funeral home. Very peculiar ad. It just says in massive letters on this huge billboard, text and drive. Text and drive. And then underneath it is just a logo and it says Wathen Funeral Home. Which is just fantastic. And furious drivers have been Googling the funeral home uh, on the billboard to find out what kind of a peculiar funeral home would encourage people to text and drive. Well, I think we can see what's going on here. Uh, as soon as you get there, it says, if you're here at the Wathen Funeral Home website, you've probably seen our advert text and drive billboard. And if you have... Uh, come to the mind that we're horrible people and for running an ad like that, you'd probably be right. It is a horrible thing for a funeral home to do, but we're not a funeral home. 
We're just trying to get Canadians to stop texting and driving, which is pro uh, projected to kill more people in Ontario this year than drinking and driving. Can you believe that? That's astonishing to me. Um, that's right. More. And while most people wouldn't even think about drinking and driving, over half of Ontario drivers admit to reading text while behind the wheel. That's more than half of the drivers on the road today risking their lives, their passengers' lives, and the lives of fellow motorists and pedestrians. And uh, as a cyclist, an infrequent cyclist and a driver, just before you put me in that box and say, hey, he's obviously an a-hole. I'm also one of the people that sometimes, you know what? You can switch vehicles. It's a new world. So um, as both of those things, I can tell you that very regularly, I not only see, but I'm very often nearly involved in accidents with people that are texting. Drives me mad. So I really hope this billboard works. Um, it finishes the website. It says, if this made you mad, it should do. Uh, it should make you madder than our billboard did that people do this. So really good campaign, really cleverly thought out. Uh, let's see if Amanda's around. I know she's not in town at the moment, but we'll find out where she is and if she's seen it. Hello, Amanda. Are you there? Hello, Vinny. Hi, Honey Bunny. How's it going? Uh, Amanda Capito is our regular sidekick on this show for about 10, 20 minutes every week. And uh, we do a little feature called Newsy Poos where we explore the news. And I want to start with that. Where are you? North Bay or something? I'm in Collingwood, so close. But oh, right. <laughs> north well, of the city. Yeah. What are you doing there? Oh, just having some downtime with family. Have you got family up there, have you? Well, obviously, unless you are using someone else's, I suppose. Yeah, we. Yeah, my parents have a place up here. I see. So you may have heard me talking there about this new campaign. Have you seen it on the Gardner Expressway? It's a massive billboard I, that says text and drive. Yeah, I have not seen it, actually. But um, it sounds like an interesting campaign. So who's? So is it the province of Ontario that's yeah, funding it? Is, it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Brilliant. I think it's, it, you know what, to hear, I didn't even realize that um, more deaths were coming from texting and driving. And sad to say that I am guilty of it. Um, and it should, you know, and I would never, like you said, I would never dare to, to drink and drive. But I have, I have looked at my text while driving. So, you know, a good reminder to me, too. Well, for that reason, darling, I'm afraid I'm going to have to put you in a cannon and blast you off into space. <laughs> I feel like I feel like most people are guilty of it. Though. Oh, you know what? I read there that thing from their website that says over half of Ontario drivers admit to reading text while behind the wheel. Oh, it's got to be ninety-five percent, hasn't gotta it? Be more than seventy. Yeah, it's got to be a higher number. Have you? You've done it. I've never sent one. I don't. But think. But you've read. But yeah, I have. Yeah. Right. I'm at the light. I'm in a rush. I've got to meet yeah. John. Is he around the corner? Is he not? Quick text comes up. I'm here now. Great. Why not look at it? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm it's really it addictive too. as well, isn't it? And the problem is, I don't know if you've seen most teenagers, but they're incapable of actually looking anywhere other than a phone. So if right. you think this problem's bad now, it could get even worse pretty quickly. Well, and also because we're so instinctually, we're, we're, we're built to check our phones on a regular basis. Mm. And so it's almost like that 15-minute mark, that 20-minute mark where you're like, oh, it's time to check my phone. Like, it just kicks in, I find. Yeah, and so then you're and and you know sometimes if it like you said if you're at a red light and that instinct kicks in you know I just I can't it's almost I don't even think twice it's almost instinctual which is a problem I'm not trying to defend it I think it needs to change and there are billboards the highway like traffic ads that also will say you know don't text and drive it could be it could be your last and you know that's jarring too and has made me has has stayed with me so. 
The only problem I have is perhaps I'm being slightly thinking about this too much, but I have to say there are so many billboards now down the Gardner Expressway that if you took time to read them all, it would probably be worse than checking the occasional (laughs) text messages. It's so true. It's only a matter of time before one lands up in my yard. I live very much near the uh, Gardner Expressway, and I'm sure that if they were propelled fast enough through the barrier, I could probably have one embedded in my house, no problem. Oh, goodness. Anyway, my dear, um, let me ask you a bit about the newsy poos. Go on, bore me with the sports. Other people like it, even though I don't. My goal is to make sports relevant to your life by the end of of newsy poos run, whenever that may be. Okay. Yeah. Well. Good luck the with that. The talk of the town is Raptors. The talk of the town is Raptors. The Raptors so, are the basketball team here in Toronto. Apparently, they're doing quite well, are they? <laughs> yes, they are. So they won last night. But some of the interesting things. Well, two things I would like to say. One is that there's lots of bandwagon jumpers, and I absolutely love and appreciate them. And I think that's what should happen. Yeah. Is that people get on board behind the home team and support, especially if they're making it so far like this where they're in the conference finals. Yeah, you've got, I mean, this is where I think you, you're lacking a respect for me because at least I'm authentic enough to not even be a bandwagon jumper. I didn't care before <laughs> and I still don't care. <laughs> but there's so much fun in bandwagon jumping. Like, there's no... See, I don't agree. Like, I live, as guys previously mentioned, I live very much near the garden, which also happens to be near all the sporting shenanigans and sports bars and the sports stadium that all this stuff is going off in. Like... Do you know how many times people have urinated in my garden over the last week? <laughs> oh, so that's why you don't support the Raptors. It's... <laughs> I see now. It all makes sense. Yeah. A lot of them are wearing <laughs> Raptors shirts. So would oh. there be a mild, hazy smell of urine in my front yard if it wasn't for the Raptors? In fact, I might sue the Raptors directly. Oh, have you repeated in someone else's yard? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. I have a very weak bladder and I grew up in a country that has no respect for toilets. <laughs> complaint yeah. i don't think um the other interesting thing that happened uh, now this is in the news today is that the coach of the raptors dwayne casey is getting charged from the nba twenty five thousand dollars because he was insulting the referees or the calls from the referees um in the press conference after the game last night and so this is a standard rule that like the moment you start um insulting the calls from the refs he, mm. he knew he knew he was going to get charged he just didn't care clearly from, I'm just thinking, you know, it's such a silly rule. Why charge the guy for insulting? The, like, if he's doing a post-game wrap-up and he felt like the calls weren't going in his favor and whatever, like, he should be... He yeah, of I know what you mean. It is freedom of speech, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. I mean, I, if, I, particularly I, I, if there I, I, was a really what? obvious mistake by one of the refs, in which case, right. what are you supposed to do? Just ignore it. Right, it seems silly. And, I mean, everyone gets criticised at work. God knows in the radio you... Uh, Never. We welcome comments all the time. No, no, I only welcome the good ones. You know that. <laughs> if you've got nothing nice to say, don't say it at all, I say. Um, I will say one thing, though. Like, do you know what he said that was so harrowing and, and offensive? Yeah, yeah like, it, he wasn't swearing or anything. He was just saying we didn't get a lot of calls. Like, it was, just, it was pretty kosher stuff. So it's not like he said, and his wife is no. a prostitute or something like no. that. No, nothing like that. So that's what that's what bothers me. And it just, you know, I, the coach and the GM, like Raptors are known for just like they talk a lot of smack and get charged every year. Something comes up like this. So clearly they don't care. But it's just an interesting rule like that the NBA has that I think should be reviewed. Or if it's not reviewed, then it should be implemented over all areas, which means that Jerry Agar would currently be in about $400,000 debt. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it's one rule for one, then it's one rule for all, all right? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, like anyone that um, imagine how much money you'd make if you're uh, what do you call a traffic warden here? I always forget. What's a traffic warden called in Canada? A traffic warden? Yeah, the people that give tickets. What like a traffic cops? Yeah, but but they they're not cops, are they? No. So why do you call them traffic cops? I don't know. That's just what, how they're referred to. What I is guess. wrong with you people? I mean, you you take our language and you ruin it with oh. irrelevances. Meter maids, I guess. That's the other one. <laughs> that's it. So I can't call a barmaid a barmaid here because that's derogatory to women. But you can call a meter maid a meter maid. They're ve- 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 not well liked. I don't use meter maid though. Come on, who's using meter maid? All right. Imagine you're in a scenario, Amanda. You're around my house. You're having a cup of tea. Your car's outside. You've just run out of time. And you see a man, and you have you say, "Oh, I've got to go because is there." What would you say in that sentence? No, I would just yeah, I wouldn't say meter maid. That's for sure. So go on then. You're in the hot spot. What would you say? I was, I would just say a traffic cop is giving me a it's ticket. Not a cop. But they technically are like are they? in North Bay, in the city of North Bay. It's literally like high school students that give out the par- parking tickets. The people that give out the parking tickets in Toronto are cops, and they're actually reviewing that that they could be. They don't have to be. Well, why? I didn't even know they I were. Know, That's a complete thing. waste of time. Why do you have to be a cop with all that training and all that extra money? You're That's right. silly. You're right. They could be. They could. They, their bylaw. They. They've even said bylaw enforcement could be a whole other section if they wanted it to be. They're I, referred to as parking officers, actually. Is oh, what, are they? That's the technical that's term. That's what it says well, on their go. shirts. I say, oh, look, there's a parking officer. I must move my car. No one's ever yeah. said that in the history of time. <laughs> Although you've really learned, uh, you really taught me something there. I honestly didn't know that they were actual cops. That were, um, well, that's, that's all the more reason not to punch them, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and even, even the concert. You know, the concert cops, those are cops too. Another one that has been under criticism of, does it actually need to be a cop? Mm. Could it just be a high-level... You know, security trained, security I've, trained person. I've had a lot of texts saying that they're green hornets. <laughs> oh, that's what we should call them. Okay. Yeah, apparently that's. Oh, that's definitely politically correct. Right, that's it. Um, it. Anyway, I I'm not sure what that rant was all about. I think I was trying to say that if you were a green hornet, then you'd make loads of money because people are offensive to you all the time. I think that was where I was going with that, but I got a bit lost. Yeah, it's you commonly get lost. It's fine. It's I one know. Of the qualities. It's I'm a bloody good admire. job that this isn't uh, a live radio show. I would be in all sorts of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Venny White Show on In Depth Radio News Talk Ten Ten. Thanks for your text. Um, I haven't done an official text in this week, so I think I'll ask a question back that I got from you. Um, so someone says, "Is where in England are you from, Vinny? So I will ask you today, the, the text in is, where are you from? Where are you from? 71010. Toronto, outside, where are you from? Let me get an understanding of the listeners. And maybe we'll get some odd ones. I hope so. Where are you from? 71010. Pretty simple. You know, many people are drunk. So I think at this point, you know, it's a holiday tomorrow. We've all been out in the sun. Let's not make it too taxing. If you are incapable of answering where are you from, you've definitely drunk too much today and you should probably pop yourself off to bed with a nice cold glass of water. Uh, 7, 10, 10. Anyway, in answer to your question, to the person that said, Vinny, where in England are you from? Uh, Brighton, which is near London. It's just go to London, head south until you get wet and uh, you're in Brighton. And it's quite nice. Actually, that's an understatement. It's gorgeous. I, I don't know why I feel the need to be so down on where I'm from. I was very fortunate enough to come from a gorgeous place, and uh, I go back there quite often, and uh, it's all right. 
You know what they did? Didn't build a massive highway next to the coast. It's not that hard to do. No offence, Toronto, but what were you thinking? Other than that, gorgeous here. And uh, way sexier people, just for balance, I need to say that. Your people, way, way sexier. You know that thing about the British tooth thing, the teeth, the dental? Yeah, it's kind of true, to be honest. You are so much sexier. Congratulations, Toronto. You are sexy. Uh, what else have I got to tell you? Oh, hey, Pat. Guess what's coming now? It's your favourite time of the week. Um, do you want to be the bloke that knows about the company or the bloke that doesn't know about the company? I think I play uh, stupid uh, much better. Okay. <laughs> how, how endearing. Um, so, Vinny, I'm in mm, desperate need yeah. of someone who could uh, enlarge my uh, photo or digital prints, but... Uh, conveniently and affordably. Oh, well, that's going to be very difficult. I should assume you want them printed on canvas, do you? Yes, exactly. So you want your pictures that you've taken with your phone sometimes. It would be surprising how far that resolution can go. Or your digital camera, and you want to get those images, and you want to blow them up on canvas and put them on your wall. Exactly. I'd love to decorate my new condo with it. Well, I might be able to help you, but first let me ask you another question. Would you like to get 50% off for coming and picking up those prints? You, you know what? That There's nothing I would like more than 50% off for coming in to pick up those prints. I mean, why wouldn't you want that? Because that's half price if you just make a bit of an effort. Plus, because you pay on pickup, you know those prints are going to look pretty damn tidy or you ain't going to pay. Vinny, where could all of this be possible? Well, I'm sure it's possible in some other countries, but you'd have to pay import taxes. You'd have to find a complicated website. It might not turn up. If only there was a local company, but with an online presence. Well, now there is. This is way too long already. MrPhotoCanvas.com. Just say it back and let's move on. MrPhotoCanvas.com. There you go. Sorry. That was way too long, that one. I appreciate all the complaints that have come in. It was mildly funny, but not definitely, definitely not funny enough to justify that length. Right, moving on. Uh, I didn't like this news. I don't think you will too. I'm pr- I'm pretty amazed. I'm even reading this out. The gun that killed Trayvon Martin makes two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for Zimmerman. Tell me this isn't true. Let's read on. The handgun that was used to kill the unarmed black teenager Trayvon Martin in 2012 has been sold for a quarter of a million dollars. The gun was put up for auction by George Zimmerman, who fired the shot but was acquitted of Trayvon's murder. The killing was instrumental in launching the National Black Lives Matter social movement, as we all know. The sale of the gun drew criticism from those saying that Mr Zimmerman, 32, was seeking to profit from the killing. Gun rights advocates say he was exercising his legal rights under US law. Yeah, but gun rights advocates also think that the biggest gun problem in the US is that there aren't enough guns, even though there's more than 300 million of them. I also think that gun rights advocates get confused when the snow melts because they wonder where all the white goes. The site that hosted the auction, unitedgungroup.com, confirmed yesterday the amount amount reached for the 9mm pistol had been fetched. It should have been about $350. That's what a new one costs, $350. This one, $250,000. The buyer is rumoured to be a woman who had wanted the gun as a birthday present for her son. If that child is white, that's horrifying. And if that child is black, 
That's weird and horrifying. Mr Zimmerman said uh, he would not reveal the buyer's identity, though, adding the winning bidder will ultimately decide if they want their information to be maintained in confidentiality. And it gets more weird. UnitedGunGroup.com hosted the auction from another site, right? Originally. It was originally on another site called, um, I think it was called GunBroker.com or something. GunBroker backed out saying they wanted nothing to do with the listing when they realised the impact and the moral dilemma. It was not even a dilemma, it was moral stupidity that uh, this could be caused. So they said, we're not going to sell it. At which point, Mr Zimmerman called the uh, auction site that backed out Nazi-loving liberal liars. That's what he said. Nazi-loving liberal liars, which actually doesn't make sense. Nazi-loving liberal liars? But then, you know, being a neighbourhood watch volunteer in Florida and for some reason fatally shooting an unarmed 17-year-old in the chest also doesn't make sense, in my opinion. I'm obviously stupid. None of this makes any sense to me, actually. It's like watching Kanye West on The Allen Show, which, unless you are on the correct concoction of drugs, made no sense. Only, although Kanye is a turbo douche, he doesn't kill people. Well, not directly. He might bore them to death. Uh, the auction initially attracted hoax buyers, which is pretty much the only humour I can drag out of this. One of the hoax buyers put in a bid for $65 million. Uh, that was uh, a buyer called Racist McShootface. Mr Zimmerman has said some of the proceeds would serve the Black Lives Matter Violence Against Law Enforcement Officers campaign. I'm just going to say that again, just in case you didn't get it. Because I read this, I nearly threw up. Some, not all, of the money, don't know how much, will go to serve the Black Lives Matter campaign. The rest of it goes to Mr Zimmerman. Which, there's so many questions here. One of them being, how, assumingly that that gun was the property of the law enforcement organisation, albeit voluntarial, that he worked for, how does he have the right to sell it? And how does he have the right to profit from it? Some. So Trayvon Martin's family have a lawyer. His name is Benjamin Crump. And he said this week the sale was offensive, outrageous and insulting. Which I think may be the biggest understatement since Justin Bieber's manager said, we're both making quite a bit of money out of your voice. It's, ju it's just, it's, I actually don't understand it. I don't, I mean, I literally do not understand it. I don't understand how this could have happened. But then maybe I'm too sensitive. I don't know. Mr Zimmerman said that he had fired in self-defence all those years ago, if you remember rightly. He was charged and acquitted of second-degree murder and manslaughter, and now he will actually profit financially from the death of a child that was unarmed, that was shot in the chest fatally. So if anyone thinks that uh, the States is just tickety-boo right now, and I think there's only uh, one madman in an asylum that might think that, uh, yeah, you're wrong. And as if this wasn't bad enough, I hate to be the conveyor of incredibly depressing information, but it was only this weekend, I think, that the NRA, the National Rifle Association, said that Donald Trump's a great guy. Which, if Donald Trump does get in, if you weren't scared now, if you weren't scared before, you, you should be petrified. If you live that close to the border, you might want to put up a wall of your own to deflect the bullets. So there you are. Sorry about that. It was terribly depressing. It makes me so bloody angry. Difficult to not be like that. Irrational behaviour of a country that's gone somewhat bonkers. 
Uh, my daughter is living on Neville Road. How far is that from Brighton? I don't know. Look it up. What have you not got Google or something? I don't know where it is. Why are we talking roads? Brighton has roads of its own. It's a town. That's like saying my son lives on, I don't know, Walnut Crescent. How far is that from Toronto? I don't know. Anyway, you're very lovely. Um, so far, your texts have come in. Lots of Brits listening to this show. I suppose I might filter out Canadians. I've never thought about that. Oh, my God, I'm racist. Um, but lots of people saying I'm from Coventry. I'm from Brighton also. I'm from London. I'm from London, Ontario, for balance. That's good. Um, and someone's telling me I'm from, I'm from uh, Bhutan, which I'm going to take with a pinch of salt because I've not met any Bhutanese here. Or if we've got to do another break. Oh, it's so boring. Why are you so corporate? Why are you like that? Why can't we just just jam, man? Money. Oh, here's a break then. You're tuned in to the Vinny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Uh, I got a text from a taxi driver who said, uh, I'm appalled that you've decided to use Uber on account of the fact that you keep getting nearly killed by taxi drivers. Although I understand the concept, I am a great driver and it annoys me that other taxi drivers are poor. Yeah, I said earlier on this show that every time I get cut up or nearly hit by a taxi, I'm going to say, right, next time I'm going to use Uber. I'll hold that Grinch. I'll harbour that resentment in my memory banks and then use it another time. So, no, I see your point. I suppose it is true. It's not entirely fair, but then, you know, nor is life. I'll tell you what, this will make you feel better. I did get an Uber the other day after uh, I got cut up and... It was appalling. <laughs> I, I looked afterwards and he had a one-star review. And now I know why. He was about 196. He looked like... Um, who's that cartoon character? Elmer Fudd? The one with the, sort of bald with jowls. I'm hunting for werbits. Well, that guy, yeah. Yep. And he sounded a bit like him. And uh, he, he must have enjoyed my conversation. Because uh, all the way through the, the journey, he was doing about, and I swear I'm not making this up, 17 kilometres an hour. There was no traffic. Cheerio. <laughs>